Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. The 20th century was full of awesome breakthroughs and historical events, but some of them stood out even from that incredible crowd. And one such event was the mission of Soyuz 5, which made huge headlines not only for its importance, but for its amazing style and its incredible landing. Soyuz 5, translated from Russian as Union 5, was a Soviet spacecraft launched on January 15, 1969. Just like the US space program, Soyuz had numbers for each of their spacecrafts. But Soyuz 5 had one peculiarity. It was sent to the orbit just a day after another craft, Soyuz 4, went there. They had one mission between the two of them. It was a manned docking and transfer of the crew. If the mission had become a success, it would have been the first such feat performed in the history of humankind. The whole thing was all the more important because it was a third attempt already. The previous missions, Soyuz 1 and 3, failed to complete their task, docking with Soyuz 2. So the hopes were high this time around. First, on January 14th, Soyuz 4 was launched into orbit with one man on board, Vladimir Shatilov. He was to wait for the second spacecraft and help its crew with the docking. Soyuz 5 came the following day with three men on board, and the mission began in earnest. It was the first spaceflight for all four of the cosmonauts, which made their responsibility even higher. As Soyuz 5 was approaching its sister craft, the preparations were already underway on both ships. It wasn't until the day after, however, that the docking took place. Everyone was holding their breaths as the world watched the two spacecrafts connecting, slowly but steadily. Soyuz 4, which was the active craft in the mission, maneuvered carefully and gave instructions to the other ship's crew so that everything went smoothly. All communications except those between them went silent. It was just too important to fail once again. And then, at 8.20 a.m., the crafts linked together. The mission was a success. As the principal Soviet news agency put it, that was the first experimental space station ever, with room for four members of the crew. The American Apollo 9 mission repeated this experience only two months later. Next up, though, was probably the most intrepid part of the whole endeavor. Two members of the Soyuz 5 crew, engineers Alexei Yeliseyev and Yevgeny Krunov, 
were to walk through the stretch of open space between the crafts and board Soyuz 4, joining its commander. It was not only part of their current mission, but also a training element for the prospective moon landing. For this walk, the engineers put on their state-of-the-art spacesuits held by Commander Boris Volinov, the third crew member of the same spacecraft. The suits were specifically designed for the Soyuz missions, but because of different problems during the first two attempts, their use was delayed until 1969. And finally, their day of glory had come. Commander Volinov checked the suits of his men and went down to the descent module. He was the one to stay on Soyuz 5 and return to Earth, which he did in a most remarkable fashion, but I'll tell you about it in a minute. First, he checked if everything was okay for the last time. Then he depressurized the module the engineers were in. There was no coming back for them now. Moscow Television covered everything that happened on board and brought it live to the Soviet citizens. Krunov was the first one to get out, leaving the module while it was still flying over South America, unable to communicate with the ground by radio. His walk wasn't long, but suddenly he noticed that one of his oxygen lines got tangled. Yeliseev, who went next, had to help his partner. Together, the two cosmonauts solved the problem and continued on to the waiting spacecraft. There was one thing they didn't know yet, however. Because of the incident, Yeliseev forgot to install a video camera outside the hatch of the orbital module. Unfortunately, this meant there would be no footage of the spacewalk. There was still a video transmission, though, and despite its poor quality, scores of miles below, the whole country watched as the two space engineers walked through the vacuum to make a historic moment. And when they finished their transfer and locked the hatch of Soyuz 4 behind them, everyone on the ground gave a standing ovation. It was a complete success. No one in the whole world had done before what the brave cosmonauts achieved that day. On board Soyuz 4, Commander Shatilov met his colleagues with open arms, and they gave him newspapers, letters, and telegrams issued after his ascent to the orbit to prove that it was all true. The connection and spacewalk did take place. All of this was recorded on video and broadcast to Earth, now in best quality possible. All in all, the two spacecraft stayed connected for 4 hours and 35 minutes, after which Commander Volinov pulled away. He was scheduled to descend on January 18th, a day after the Soyuz 4 crew. The thing is, Soyuz 4 had more fuel and more people on board now, so it had to re-enter the atmosphere and land earlier. Volinov's arrival was thus delayed. Shetilov, Krunov, and Yeliseev directed their spacecraft towards the Earth on the morning of January 17th. During the whole descent, Commander Shetilov was live, giving commentary on the flight for everyone to see. Once again, it was the first feat of this kind in history. At 9.35 a.m., Soyuz 4 fell through a blizzard into the snowy steppes of Kazakhstan, safe and sound. Within minutes, a rescue helicopter came, and all three space crew members were carried off to safety. On the ground, everyone at the control center was celebrating. The mission was a huge success so far, and no one doubted that nothing could go wrong. Only Commander Volinov remained behind, but after the successful landing of the Soyuz 4 descent module, there was little worry about his well-being. He never lost contact with the Earth, and so nobody could have predicted what was going to happen next. And that was horrifying. Volinov started his re-entry already not in a normal way. For some reason, he was unable to complete orientation of his spacecraft for retrofire, which is a sort of space braking system. 
After several futile attempts, the command center scheduled an automatic retrofire to help the cosmonaut get back to Earth. That did help, but Volinov's ordeal had only just begun. Six seconds after the retrofire, the descent module of the spacecraft should have been detached from the instrument module with the help of a controlled explosion. After that, Volinov should have bulleted through the atmosphere in a bell-shaped capsule. Its bottom had an especially thick layer of protective material. It should have partly melted because of all the friction, but the cosmonaut inside would have remained healthy. This is how it should have happened. What actually went down was absolutely different. The blast didn't connect the two modules, and Volinov's capsule re-entered the atmosphere with the wrong side. It was the side where the hatch was located, and it had only one inch of protection. By all calculations, the friction was bound to burn through at least three inches of the material. When he realized what was happening, Volinov thought it was the end of him. For the next harrowing half hour, he watched and felt how the insane pressure and heat destroyed the capsule around him. He knew the protective layer wouldn't last long, but kept reporting his status into the voice recorder. As the flames engulfed the module from the outside, the temperature inside kept rising. At some point, the heat started destroying the hatch, and toxic smoke filled the cabin. Then, a thundering clap made Volinov start. It was the explosion of the propellant tanks in the instrument module. His whole world was now concentrated in a small, claustrophobic space that was rapidly falling apart. But then, a miracle happened. The struts connecting the two modules finally snapped, and the capsule, pulled by its heavier side, tumbled over and faced the atmospheric rampage with the protected flank, as was intended. Volinov was saved by wild chance. This wasn't the end of it either, though. The tumble sent the module flying astray, and the parachutes opened only in part because their lines got entangled. So instead of falling more or less peacefully on the ground, the capsule with the man inside dropped like a rock from the sky. And finally, to add insult to injury, the soft landing system didn't work correctly either. When the module hit the ground, the impact sent Volinov flying into the wall opposite him, breaking several of his teeth. Soyuz 5 landed almost 350 miles away from its intended landing point. At first, Volinov could only lie inside the capsule and thank the good fortune for being alive. But the temperature outside was freezing, and he knew it would take the rescuers several hours to get to him. So he got up, located a column of smoke in the distance, and walked there until he reached some peasant's house. The owner took him in, and together they waited for the rescue party. When they came at last, Volinov looked at the men arriving to pick him up and only asked, Is my hair gray? That's one brave spaceman. <laughs>